Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand, please, and affirm with the proclamation of the faith of our heart, the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for the great privilege of being in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted up to heights that are not reachable for us and to destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service all the works of the devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matter of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance, and error. All of this may it depart from the tents of your holy people. And now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might, and may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your Spirit, saturate us with your Holy Spirit, allow us to find your great face. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your godly hands, and we pray, continue to lead it with a powerful and mighty arm, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The book of Jeremiah 6.16 Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it, then you will find rest for your souls. Returning to the old path of good. As a basis for our study of the old path of good, we turn to the words of Apostle Paul, who by the mercy and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was successfully able to, in short and exact definitions, explain the consistency of the order that exists within the teaching of Christ, Hebrews 6, 1 through 2, and Apostle Arkady allows us here to see it in a more elaborated format. Here's how it sounds. Therefore, sprinkling yourself with the elementary teaching of Christ and clothing yourself with the armor of light, which consists in the rule of this teaching, we will then build ourselves into a house of God because it is not possible to lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of the hands, resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. A very detailed and deep explanation of this place of Scripture that Apostle Paul uh, spoke about. Let us put away the elementary teaching and go on to perfection. This statement uh, unfortunately, this play, place of scripture, this phrase, has been interpreted in many different ways. To put away, uh, is how they interpret it as get rid of it, uh, leave it behind. But here, when it says put away, put away in yourself, in your foundation, and begin to build from this precious stone, this wonderful building. Apostle Paul cannot lay another foundation but the one that is Jesus Christ, and each one builds upon it. Build of gold, silver, and precious stones, but do not build of with wood or other things. 
because the Lord will test each one during the time of harvest, and if a person had the right foundation, but the building is burned down, he'll be saved, but as a form of mercy, this is because he had the right foundation. You may ask how to determine if a person who has passed away, his foundation was correct. If a person did not live a moral life, who sinned, the foundation is determined by how a person's, what a person's relationship is with the church and God's messenger. In scripture it says, according to God's mercy, I've placed my foundation. And so the Lord begins to construct his building upon the foundation that are the apostles and prophets. And we have Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone in this foundation. In other words, the way we, our relationship with the church, our relationship with the messenger of God who is placed by God, uh, will determine what kind of salvation this person will have when he passes away. When a person leaves his service who speaks ill and evil against his, the messenger of God, this person will not be saved. These are sons of perdition. In a specific format, as much as God has allowed and the measure of our faith, we already studied the doctrine of the baptisms in three functions, baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire, as well as the doctrine of laying on of the hands in three functions, the covenant of blood, salt, and rest, and stop to study the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. Let us remember that the doctrine of the resurrection contains three mutually linked levels of birth, which are they are identified in Scripture as being born from above or being born from God. John 3, 3 through 5, dialogue of Jesus Christ with his secret disciple Nicodemus. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Looking at the meaning of the given dialogue, we conclude that birth from water and Spirit opens the door to, so you can enter the kingdom of heaven or have the opportunity to be, to be born to the throne. In a specific format, in the doctrine of resurrection, we've already studied the level of birth from water and the level of birth from the Spirit, Therefore, we will immediately go to the third step contained in, in the power of birth to the throne, Revelations 12.5. So she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations and he was caught up to God and his throne. We see that without the church, without the, without the woman, without Zion, you cannot be born to the throne. She specifically bears to the throne. And so when people speak, state all kinds of heretic thoughts, what difference, what church I go to, you hear these statements. Abraham had two sons. One was born 
in the flesh, the other by promise. And we are those born according to the promise and not in the flesh. Because being born from the promise, from Sarah, are people that can be born to the throne. These are people who, who will share uh, eternity with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together on, their, on the throne of, of God. This is... Uh, these are people that uh, others will get to know God through or from because and so safe people Christians who were born but are not Zion they will only get to know God through someone else and it would be good if it was us in the 12 foundations of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem birth to the throne is ninth and made of the precious topaz stone. Birth to the throne, ninth foundation, topaz, Revelation 21, 20. Revelation 21, 14 through 20, here it says, Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Ninth foundation, topaz. Topaz, the name of the stone, means the warmth or heat coming from the shining rays of the sun, or search. The complete meaning contained in the function of the topaz is search for the shining rays of the sun that heat life and grow the seed of the kingdom. In a specific way, the effect of this ninth foundation made of topaz activates its abilities in the last days when God stands to defend the remnant of his nation who are greatly humiliated or made to suffer by the wicked who call themselves seekers of God. For example, in the vision of sh- uh, shown to prophet Daniel who contained the mystery of the last times, the prophet saw a man who spoke to him in the name of the Most High whose body was as topaz and face like the appearance of lightning. Daniel 10, 4 through 6 now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Ufaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Here in this vision, the Lord showed the qualities of a warrior in prayer before the Lord appears to be glorified in his saints. All of these elements that are in this vision uh, shown to Daniel are characteristics that the children of God need to have when the Lord comes at the door of hope to be glorified in the body of his saints. And before this uh, man was able to show his glory to prophet Daniel, it says, if you read, read a little bit higher, that everyone ran away and uh, he felt like he was all alone and he felt as if he was dead and then was lifted back up. And so the Lord speaks with us upon the level that we are and we see this great level. The saints of the last times, they will achieve great status in God's sight, that he will speak to them face to face in this great way, 
and great format. The precious topaz, which made up the ninth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem, is also found upon the breastplate of judgment of the high priest, from which we can conclude that when God will be building a relationship with man by the abilities contained in birth to the throne, then he will address man by the means of the Urim and Thummim, the voice coming from the warming fire of the topaz, which in this foundation represents the name of the Apostle James, the son of Alphaeus. And so the voice will help us understand uh, the beauty and greatness of topaz and the warmth of its rays. Let's read about this apostle. Matthew 10, 2, 3. Now the names of the apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter. Second Andrew, his brother. Third James, the son of Zebedee. And fourth John, his brother. Fifth Philip. And sixth Bartholomew. Seventh Thomas. Eighth Matthew, the tax collector. And ninth James, the son of Alphaeus. If you paid attention in the third foundation, which represents the abilities contained in the baptism of fire also contains the name James, but with one difference. The baptism of fire was represented by James, son of Zebedee. At the same time, birth to the throne is represented today for us by James, son of Alphaeus. Two different James. And this is completely legitimate since for a person to utilize the abilities contained in baptism of fire, it is necessary for him to first be born to the throne. Because only with people that are born to the throne can God make a covenant of peace in the baptism of fire. Due to which only those born to the throne who made a covenant of peace when they were baptized in fire are able to apprehend and fulfill the perfect will of the Heavenly Father which is contained in the doctrine of the eternal judgment. And so speaking of James... We, we saw very interesting uh, characteristics. Being born to the throne, uh, James, son of Alphaeus, also includes the baptism of fire. And baptism of fire, we see uh, the name James, son of Zebedee. And so without baptism of fire, we will not be able to reveal the, the essence of being born to the throne. They are mutually connected. <clears throat> it is very important, and we are going through, we're studying the doctrine of resurrection that has the birth from water, birth into the spirit and to the throne. And birth, the birth here is unique in the teaching of the resurrection or doctrine of resurrection. We first receive our birth in the form of a seed, and then it becomes the form of fruit, but without uh, the baptism without death it will not be able to happen because if the seed remains alone and does not die it will it will it will be for nothing it will become useless but it needs to pass through the process of baptism so to be able to have the qualities of contained in the disciple James son of Alpheus we need to have the qualities contained in the name of James, son of Zebedee. And again, there are two steps 
all is received in the form of a seed so that it can become then fruit. Yesterday I was speaking to our pastor and he again and again notes uh, the, the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. It's not just the, the doctrine of life, but the resurrection of the dead. The Lord bore us in, uh, with, in his resurrection from the dead. He has bore us to something and now he bore us with his resurrection to something and for us to take this something we need to being born from the resurrection of Jesus Christ we need to resurrect to whatever it is he bore us for but how through the process of death and so pastor again shows make a note on this uh, and I, I know that very soon in the future he will be uh, give, be speaking to us in, in, and uh, probably will be in the form of videos and so again the Lord first bears us uh, in his resurrection to something and what the thing he bears us to becomes ours when we're resurrected with someone but to be resurrected with Jesus Christ it's, we need to first die with Jesus Christ so that we can obtain what it is he bore us to so that it become our yes and amen and so being born from water in the spirit and to the throne this is the teaching of resurrection we need to be resurrected with him and to be resurrected with him we need to be born again in his resurrection so that we can die with him in his death and resurrect with him so that we can receive then our imperishable promise this is where you are then in a prestige university and I of course we wouldn't congratulate somebody until they completely they finish all of this education and then they receive their diploma but while it is just in, a person has enrolled in in this in this school but it could be lost enrollment doesn't mean that you've achieved what you wanted to you need to finish all of the courses take the examinations receive the diploma then you can be congratulated as much as we know the name James means he holds on to the toe. He will make obvious. He will leave a footprint. He will defend or protect. He will overcome. A very rich uh, list of definitions of his name. At the same time, the name of Jacob's father, or James' father in this case, is Alpheus, which means famous or unique in appearance as well as consistency. Therefore, the meaning of the verb distinguish in the foundation made of topaz identifying birth to the throne <clears throat> to distinguish is to identify the one who sits on the throne by his specific signs which belong to the throne demonstrated in unique garments unique royal regalia in unique means of transport and unique servants who serve and accompany the one sitting on the throne And so those who are born to the throne, the Lord distinguishes them, how they're dressed. This is not just pure linen, but it's also bright. 
I perform righteousness. Pure and bright. Linen needs to be pure and bright. These are the garments. And the uh, unique uh, form of transportation. And so when I go out, I sit on the donkey. When I serve others, I begin to, uh, I am then as the camel that would bring gifts. And the camel has two humps, service of Word of God and Holy Spirit. The camel uh, carries the gifts upon himself and does not uh, show himself or try to be, become famous or popular in front of others, which uh, emissaries of Satan typically focus on. And so we have a donkey, a camel, and a horse, depending on where you're going. Therefore, united and combined into one, the names of Jacob and Alpheus, is God will perform a complete victory over the enemies of the chosen by him remnant. He will clothe him in royal virtue, will give him the throne of glory, and will make him distinguishable in all the nations and from all the nations. This is what the name James, son of Alphaeus, has. And now to dive here into the abilities. In the previous service, we were studying the uh, being born to in in the spirit and being born in the spirit we saw Matthew the tax collector and so James son of Alphaeus as interesting as it is that the Alphaeus also is present in the name of Matthew uh, but and James is present in the other disciple, James, son of Zebedee, which refers to uh, baptism of fire. And so all of these are, are connected with one another. Uh, as they are affected from one the other. And so <clears throat> Alpheus, one who's separated, is distinguishable. And so again, to dive into the abilities contained in the name James, the son of Alpheus, we first need to study in what situations and in what circumstances does this name in the Bible with its functions, it demonstrates itself in the virtue of the royal throne, making the one sitting upon it distinguishable. Let's look at specific components of the abilities of the name that is James, the son of Alphaeus. First component of the abilities of the name James, son of Alphaeus as one who clothes into the virtue of the throne and making distinctive or unique the one who sits upon the throne. His, this name is called to exalt the one sitting on the throne and distinguish them from the ones that are not born to the throne. And so again, differentiate the ones that are wise from the unwise. Songs of Solomon 6, 8 through 9. There are 60 queens and 80 concubines 
and virgins without number. My dove, my perfect one, is the only one, the only one of her mother, the favorite of the one who bore her. As it continues to speak about her, the only one, the unique one, this is contained in the name James, son of Alphaeus. The daughter saw her and called her blessed, the queens and the concubines, and they praised her. Understandably, this is an allegory where it's not showing us earthly queens, concubines, and daughters, but different levels and virtues of saints, compared to the virtues of the unique and different one who will leave a footprint or will leave a lasting impression. Let's look at the number uh, 60, the 60 queens, is the number of man which identifies the virtue of the holy nation who rule over themselves within the boundaries written in scripture. The rule or govern, to rule or govern yourself within the boundaries of scripture is ruling over the number of the beast which is demonstrated in rule over money allowing materialistic prosperity. Revelations 13:18. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. We are all well aware that if the root of all evil is love for money, then the root of all good is control over money or silver, which is directly linked to and dependent on governing over yourself. If I cannot govern or control my silver, I can't govern or control myself. Silver itself, in the equivalent of money, is not the root of all evil, but our relationship with earthly wealth identifies our worship and our God. To rule over the number of the beast, which is the equivalent of money, is ensured by dedicating both yourself and your offerings that are sanctified by our dedication to both God and also His helpers. A very deep uh, phrase here, uh, numbers uh, 60, as it says 60 queens. This is the quality of the dove, of the pure one, the unique one. Now let's look at what else did she have that the others didn't. There's also 80 concubines. The number 80 is the number of the covenant, which identifies the virtue of the holy nation who made a covenant with God. And we make a covenant during the time of baptism, in baptism of water, we make a covenant of blood. In the covenant of salt, this is baptism of the Holy Spirit. The category of women indicated by the formulation without number identifies the virtue of the redeemed who stand before the throne and before the Lamb in white garments and with palm branches in their hands. They had white garments but did not have bright garments. White is garments is what He did for me. Bright is us. We together with him collaborate with him in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and his suffering and his trials. And then the garments that are white begin to shine. 
And so those without number, they just had white garments. The right to salvation. Revelation 7, 9 through 10. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the, the Lamb, clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And upon this throne was sitting the dove, the unique one, the only one, and the multitude that stood, it was a sea, sea of people, and they magnified and glorified God. And so upon the sea are not just infants of Christ, but also children, uh, babies that were aborted, all will be there. Preachers and missionaries, evangelists, deacons who were saved as a form of mercy together with the aborted babies and will glorify him for salvation for they could have been in Jesus Christ and no one was in their way of being there but everything was burned and today and and now together with those who were aborted uh, will stand upon the sea of glass mixed with fire and they will thank God that they were not sent to hell. The most beautiful of women, the only and perfect one, bringing the above-mentioned queens, concubines, and other women to amazement, surprise, and awe, is a symbol of the bride, or the category of those born to the throne, who is unique from the above-mentioned others, in that she not only has all of the virtues of the others, she also has the virtue of such authority and position that the others do not have. The authority of the throne contained in the symbolic 24 elders sitting upon the 24 thrones, having golden crowns upon their heads, and the authority of the four living creatures who were in the midst of the throne and around the throne. And so the most beautiful of women she is these 24 elders and four living creatures. Revelations 5, 8 through 10. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And so it turns out uh, the dove is also someone who prays. She has a harp. She has golden bowls full of incense and what are they doing and they sing a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth this is the difference between the beloved one from the others she is a king a priest and a prophet. The others did not have these qualities. They may have had a quality of a king because when it says 60 queens and that they overcame this uh, root love for money, they can control their body, they became kings. But you need to become a priest 
and you need to become a prophet as David. He was a king, a priest, and a prophet. This was the very interesting first component. Second component of the abilities of the name James, son of Alphaeus, as one who clothes into the virtue of the throne and making distinctive and unique the one who sits upon the throne is called to make us a dove whose feathers are covered with silver and whose fat whose wings are covered with silver and feathers covered with pure gold. Though you lie down among the sheepfolds, Psalm 68:13-14, you will be like the wings of a dove covered with silver and her feathers with yellow gold. When the Almighty scatter, scatter kings in it, it was white as snow in Zalmon. The lot of kings sitting upon the thrones And so where's the place of this dove? This is the lot of kings that sit upon the thrones, which is the holiness of the Lord, is following the word that comes from the mouth of God by the preached gospel of the messengers of God, which is why the distinctive signs of the dove, whose wings are covered with silver and feathers with pure gold, is following the word of the Lord. Psalm 119.57 You are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your words. The word of faith of God, which we confess, forms us into the image and likeness of the Son of God, who sits upon the throne of the Heavenly Father. It's the qualities of the dove. She has her own place, and that place, that lot, is following the words of God. To follow them, you need to first receive the word. You need to renew your mind, and you need to confess this as the confession of the faith of your heart with a gentle mouth and that means your inner lot the lot of the word of God let's look at her wings and feathers first wings covered with silver this is testimony of redemption from the sinful life of our fathers and our belonging to the family of God these are our wings the redemption of Christ first Peter 1 18 through 21 knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And so the the wings covered with silver is redemption as we read this dove is in the form of the beloved the 24 elders for living creatures and as soon as there's the opportunity to speak with God they say thank you because with your blood you have redeemed us from every tribe tongue and peoples the first thing they say the dove begins to flap her wings thank you for the redemption thank you that you have done something for me before doing this, they first remove their crowns and they place them before him and they begin to thank him, praise him for his blood. And when they finish praising him, they take the crown and put it back on their head. The Lord is not impressed by the crown, but the blood of the Son of God and how we, what we, what, what we do, our behavior when it comes to this feathers covered with gold 
is the measure and level of dedication founded upon redemption. Such a level of dedication allows us to sit upon the throne as well as perform the service of a priest. Feathers is dedication. Dedication can't be without redemption. That's why the Lord gives first the wings. We, We thank Him for our redemption. And then feathers covered with gold is our dedication that is founded upon this redemption. A very beautiful uh, image here. Third component of the abilities of the name James, son of Alpheus, is one who clothes into the one who is clothed into the virtue of a throne and making distinctive and unique the one who sits upon the throne is called to clothe us into royal garments and put the royal crown upon our head. Esther 6.11 So Haman took the robe which the king wears and the horse that the king rides, arrayed Mordecai, placed the royal crown on his head, and led him on horseback through the city square and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the Lord, or whom the king, delights to honor. Haman wanted to kill Mordecai. He hated the Jews and Mordecai. And it's interesting how the one who wanted to kill Mordecai, the Jew, sat him upon the, the king's horse, put a robe on him and put a crown, and walked in the square, led him through the square, and that thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. And so to distinguish and so to distinguish is to identify the one who sits on the throne by his specific signs which belong to the throne demonstrated in unique garments, unique royal regalia, in unique means of transport, and unique servants to serve and accompany the one sitting on the throne. It's desired that your old man would be the one leading you through the through the square and sit and stating this is to be done to the person whom the king wants to honor, delights to honor. And of course, there's a process. You need a cross. You need nails so that Haman can acknowledge Mordecai. Mordecai, his name means worshiper, the heir of a great king. In, hi, hi, uh, in, in the historical events of that time, the symbol of Mordecai is a prototype of, of the personified word of God. In the given historical events, the name Mordecai, Haman, Hegai, the custodian of the women, and King Ar- Artaxerxes are inseparably linked with the name Esther, the name also given to this book of the Bible. All of these individuals are in us. Everything that Esther had and all of the virtue that she was clothed into in the day of King Artaxerxes, 
she was obligated or she was obliged to these mysterious and surprising individuals. For example, Mordecai for Queen Esther was the unquestionable authority, the word of whom she fulfilled both today as queen and bo- also she fulfilled when she was still under his care, the care of Mordecai. And so again, her relationship with Mordecai, he was the personified word of God that she obeyed. Esther 2.20 Now Esther had not revealed her family and her people, just as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. And so the throne absolutely did not change the character of Esther. Just as as she was being brought up, she obeyed Mordecai. Even now, being queen, she still continued to obey Mordecai. How do you determine this dove, the one that is distinctive? Whatever position you have, what role you may be fulfilling, whatever you may do, you will always come to the person that gives you the truth that God has given you. As soon as we stop uh, doing this, she obeyed him now as she did before when she was being brought up by him. Mordecai, in the days of King Artaxerxes, when Esther was taken into the courts of Artaxerxes, kept watch at the entrance of, of the king, uh, which upon practice would mean he guarded or protected the life and peace of the king. The authority of the Lord Jesus. A guy in the day of King Artaxerxes is the eunuch of the king, clothed into the virtue of the custodian of women. Haman, his name means glorious, famous, or distinguishable. You see who, who has taken our destiny, the destiny of the dove. And he wants to kill Mordecai, the Jews, and together with them, Esther as well. Because he understands that it's not his destiny. This destiny is given to the dove, to the saints, and the old man, as no one else within our essence, is interested in the death of our spirit. He wants to be famous. He wants to be the one that's distinguished. And so... He is a a specific uh, person in the life of Esther, and he had this very surprising role of saving the nation of Israel. Esther is the symbol of the bride of the Lamb, one who is chosen and separated from the many queens and concubines. And so her first name, as you know, is Hadassah, which is a fragrant oil. When Hadassah was chosen to be queen and become the wife of Artaxerxes, she was given the new name Esther, which means of the uh, the Virgin of the Morning Star. When she was taken into the court of Artaxerxes, Haggai had taken upon himself the responsibility to watch uh, Esther. Haggai means one who rules or is in control of good cows. Haggai is a prototype of the Holy Spirit in this case. 
there was another royal eunuch, but he was not the overseer of the of the women. He was just the overseer of the concubines. There's the 60 queens, 80 concubines, and others without number. But Haggai only works with the bride of the lamb. Together, all of these names are a symbol of such a category of saints who have placed themselves in voluntary dependence of the word of God where they abide in and that abides in them as well as the Holy Spirit that represents the interests of this word and who watches at the door of Artisers. The relationship of Mordecai and Haggai, the Holy Spirit, is a wonderful relationship and Esther obeyed Mordecai with everything, in everything, just as she did then, she did today as queen. And Haggai, she did not ask any, anything for anything except what Haggai told her. Because after the 12 months was over of preparation, the, the process of preparation, she, uh, the women were allowed to ask for anything they wanted. I want anointing to rebuke demons, for example. I want to evangelize and save people. What about you? I want to be clothed into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For what reason? To meet him. Just to meet with him. Yes. So that the one that we then will meet with will put a crown upon our head. And the others will say, Lord, was it not in your name that we rebuked demons and done many miracles and signs? He'll say, I don't know you. Depart from me, you who do the works of, of lawlessness. <clears throat> I gave you anointing so that you can meet with me. I made you of clay, not to make yourself famous, but that you be with me and that I may know you and share eternity with you. That is the purpose so that I be in you and you be in me. The symbol of this royal <clears throat> garments is the level and function of righteousness due to which a person then is clothed into the power and ability for a righteous vengeance over the wicked. Isaiah 59, 17 through 21. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. And for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. 
The symbol of the royal horse or the king's horse is the position from which those that are born to the throne perform vengeance over the wicked. And so this again, royal horse is the position, a specific position. Zechariah 10, 3 through 5. Zechariah 10, 3 through 5. My anger is kindled against the shepherds, and I will punish the goat the goat herds, for the Lord of hosts will visit his flock, the house of Judah, and will make them as his royal horse in the battle. From him comes the cornerstone, from him the tent peg, from him the battle bow, from him every ruler together. They shall be like mighty men who tread down their enemies in the mire of the street in the battle. They shall fight because of the Lord, because the Lord is with them, and the riders on the horses shall be put to shame. As you know, the story of Haman, uh, he thought that Artaxerxes wanted to wanted to uh, reward him. But the king found out that Mordecai saved his life, and he called in Haman to ask whom, what should be done for the person whom the, the king wants to honor. And... Mordecai and, and Haman thought it was him that uh, that he wanted to reward and he wanted to see all of this happen to him uh, that he a crown be put on his head all of the robot be put on him he'd be seated on the king's horse and be led through the square and he said everything you you just said do it for Mordecai who is sitting in the gate outside the symbol of the crown that it, the king puts on his head when he puts on his royal garment and sits upon his the king, his horse. This is a prototype of victory. This is demonstrated in the truth of redemption by the means of which a person is called to expand his uh, expand his area of redemption and, and the territories of it, so that they become the holiness of the Lord and are taken then away from the hands of the enemies of the Lord. From the position of victory, can we take anything that the Lord has put upon our account? Many things are still within the hands of enemies, but when we count ourselves dead to sin, living for God, and proclaim the not-existent uh, freedom, from example, from jealousy, as existent, what do we do? We put on the crown. And this is a symbol of the royal crown. We come out victorious because... 2,000 years ago, victory happened, and the way to become free is count yourself dead to sin, living for God, and proclaim the not-existent uh, freedom from jealousy or other thing uh, as existent, and believe this, and continue to proclaim. There's been things, uh, uh, someone will say that, well, you could just commit the sin and immediately proclaim that you're free. No, this is not how that works. The point of all of this is to put us into his death. And when we say foolish things, uh, that doesn't work. But when we do proclaim the non-existent as existent, we don't legalize the sin, and and we don't uh, treat this in such a 
uh, careless way. And so the old man uses uh, the the mouth of, of 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 men to say these kinds of things, and they need to keep watch of what they say. And so, all the sins need to be again nailed to the cross. This is the symbol of the king's crown. We are put to the death of Jesus Christ, where he had the th- thorny crown. The symbol of Haman, the first prince who led uh, Mordecai through the square and stated the words that this is what is to be done to the to the man whom the Lord wants, whom the king wants to honor. And so for Haman, who represents the uncrucified nature of man to be crucified, it's necessary that Mordecai, who represents the personified word of God in the form of Christ would take upon himself the the old our old origins or a genetic uh, sinful genetic code and puts it upon the cross and destroys it upon the cross And so this was a very interesting picture that we've seen here in what way the Lord distinguishes us. He does, He honors us when we put the Word of God into our soul, then this is this entire situation, the circumstances, story that we read, this is what happens in us. So that Haman be upon the upon this uh, tree that Haman had prepared for Mordecai. The Lord wants to shame the old man before he destroys him. He will not allow a person to to go to hell before he's shamed. And so to shame the old man is to force the old man to lead the horse. And the spirit upon this horse and state these words. This is to be what is to be done. I proclaim resurrection for my body and my soul and clothe it into the word of God. And the old man dislikes this. And the old man says, look in the mirror, you're getting old. This is my body. What are you proclaiming? But you say, Lord, thank you for being free from jealousy. And as you proclaim this, the old man uh, repeats these things because he hates them. But of course, we use our reasonable abilities and we force our mouth to proclaim the truth. The, 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 the old self doesn't want to. No, this person offended me. I don't want to say these things about them. But you say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I, pro- I bless the inheritance of the Lord. I do not hold a grudge. And the old man is suffering uh, but no, he, he needs to be humiliated. Just as you accused, you will be now sh- uh, shamed. And then you'll be nailed to the cross. But the old man needs to be first shamed. And then nailed to the cross. 
fourth component of the abilities of the name Jesus, or the name of James, the son of Alphaeus, as one who clothes, who is clothed into the virtue of a throne and making distinctive and unique the one who sits upon the throne, is to not give your strength to women nor your ways to that which destroys kings. Proverbs 31, 1 through, 5, 1 through 5. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which has which his mother taught him, what my son and what son of my womb and what son of my vows, do not give your strength to women nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. And so you, you sometimes hear people trying to uh, negotiate and somehow uh, find other ways to drink which may not be as alcoholic or as it says, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. The name of Lemuel means belonging to God, the possession of God, the holiness of the Lord. This is a symbol of the category of saints born to the throne. King Lemuel is also a distinctive individual. <clears throat> and his mother immediately gave him standards of holiness that he needs to follow. Considering such such an approach, it, it turns out that the mother of King Lemuel is the Church of Jesus Christ, the specific Church of Saints, where there is, where they preach the teaching of Jesus Christ, the Kingdom of Heaven. And so the women who, that it's referring to here, are specific churches that are deceptive in their teachings and that try to strive for the teaching they 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 state that they are pursuing the kingdom of heaven but they actually are not Hebrews 10:25 through 27 and 32 through 35 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as it is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated you endured a great struggle with sufferings and so to leave your church is to leave your hope that would have had great reward. And the reward is, is the throne with Christ. Don't leave your church because to leave your church is to leave your hope. The hope that would have had great reward. And so we leave our church, we leave our hope, and the, as the Lord says, as you for, have forgotten the law of your God, I will forget your children. And you say, how is it, Lord? I've received, I've taken on the promise that me and my house will be saved, but because you have left your place, your church, uh, 
if you leave that, then you also lose this promise. Today there are battles going on. Uh, and wars not specifically in this country. But you see that the churches are not getting fuller. Tens of thousands of sons are dying. But the churches are not being filled. Hundreds of thousands are dying and the churches are empty. A very interesting uh, fourth component, fifth component of the abilities of the name James the son of Alphaeus as one who is clothed in the, into the virtue of the throne and making distinctive and unique the one who sits upon the throne is separating the firstborn. Numbers 3, 11 through 13. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Now behold, I myself have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the children of Israel. Therefore the Levites shall be mine, because all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified to myself all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. And so separating the firstborn was first seen in Egypt in the Passover feast when their blood was put upon the doorpost and lintel. And so how were they to protect the firstborn? They needed to apply, as we know, the blood upon the doorpost and lintel. Exodus 22, 21-24 Moses gathered the people and said, You shall neither... As it's written in Exodus uh, 21, 21 and lower, that they will apply the blood upon the doorposts of their houses and the angel of death will pass by and he will see the blood and he will pass by the house and the destroyer will not come in where and he placed this as a law for the people so that they would follow it forever. Of course, we want to talk about a little bit about the doors. The doors that we are to apply the blood upon is the entire essence of man as a whole, his spirit, soul, and body. We need to remember that the uniqueness of our soul, which is the symbol of the lintel that connects the two sides, uh, uh, the two posts on the sides of the door, and so that part that connects with the spirit is immortal, but that part that connects with the body is mortal. And we need to protect our firstborn that are in Jesus Christ. And how do you keep them? How do you protect them? You need to apply the blood. And we see here the spirit, soul, and body. And the Lord wants to save us and the saving of our spirit will depend on whether our spirit will be able to save our soul. 
And so here's our body, here's our spirit, and our soul is the lintel. And the pastor has shown that where the lintel connects with the soul is mortal and that which connects with the spirit is immortal and the spirit wants to save the body and so he goes through the soul to the body and salvation for the whole body the old man is in the body wants to wants to spread his death in throughout the body he doesn't want us to proclaim liberty and freedom from the uh, sins that we may have or dependences we may have and so it's important for us to know this we need to become free of our enemy on Friday we're right now studying Lord you are my deliverer and you remember how pastor has shown us the signs by which we need to determine that the Lord is our deliverer and all of these signs if you pay attention include that uh, contained uh, our soul that the Lord delivered us from the troubles, the seven troubles he delivered our soul from the snares <clears throat> all of the principles that it, it, we were going through the Lord delivered our soul in some way that means someone is trying to take control of the soul the old man wants to take control of our soul because if he takes our control of our soul and our mind, he will be able to expand his influence upon then the spirit as well. And so collaborating with the Lord, Lord, you are my deliverer. We need to remember that we need to apply the blood upon the doorposts and the lintel so that they be have, may have blood. Revelation that the Lord has saved our spirit and wants to save our mortal uh, soul and our corrupt body sixth component of the abilities of the name James son of Alpheus as one who is clothed into the virtue of a throne and making distinctive and unique the one who sits on the throne is demonstrated in the decision to con continue in the trials that come upon Christ Luke 22 28 through 30 but you are those who have continued with me in my trials and I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed one upon me that you may eat and drink at the table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel uh, continuing in the trials of Christ it are the distinctive signs of saints that are born to the throne and who will sit upon the throne before the new man will be seated upon the twelve thrones so that he could judge the twelve tribes of Israel he needs to first sit upon the throne of his heart so that he can judge himself in accordance with the requirements that are contained in the elementary teaching of Christ to judge yourself in accordance with the requirements of the elementary teaching of Christ means to live a godly life however a godly life resists those that have the look of godliness but do not live this godly life 2 Timothy 3, 12-14 Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. 
If you leave, live a godly life, you will be persecuted by carnal people who will say, what kind of godliness do you have? You need to love everyone. My relatives left this church because they stumbled upon the words of Christ. Pastor Red, who will hate his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters who will love them more than me is not worthy of me. He cannot be my disciple. And they said, we don't want to hear this. We don't want you to repeat the words of Jesus Christ who will hate his father and mother. In other words, all people who try to take the role of God in your life. People stumble. The carnal people say, upon what basis do we need to do this? How do you understand Christ when he says, uh, in this case, uh, uh, Lord, let me first bury my father and I will then come follow you. And he says, let the dead bury their own dead. To hate does not mean to curse them, yell at them. It means stop communication with people who say, what is this teaching? What is this you're learning there? As soon as a person says this to me, I immediately stop any kind of further conversation with them. It's difficult because your brother and sisters are in the church will say, upon what basis do you not want to help our sister or brother? The sister has cursed the church, the truth, and everything you value, everything that's precious. Uh, they spit upon it. Let this person repent. My mother, she left the church. She would come here, and I would tell her, Mother, I'm embarrassed uh, with what you're doing. And she left the church. I'm embarrassed by your behavior, a woman of your age, And so uh, I told her, you'll need to repent for the things you've been doing here. And she said, yes, I will come out and repent before the people. And, and I told her, you don't need to come out in front of people to do this. Do this. All the relatives uh, that we have, and we had a big clan of people, our relatives. Those who say that our pastor and I am hypnotizers and deceived. And I told her, go and, and tell them uh, the truth. And they said, no, I will never do this. But I told her, you just wanted to come and repent. You need to produce a, uh, a, a worthy fruit of repentance. There was also another brother, as we know, Vasily Barbierov, who was absent and then was corrected by pastor. And due to the correction, he became offended and angry and left. He was sitting in the back. He wasn't uh, excommunicated, but he just was absent. And then he tried to say hello. He tried to hug me. And I told him, the next time you come, 
if you start hugging people and and then I will state that you are excommunicated because of the way that he was behaving. He was asked to repent. I thought maybe he would come and repent. I thought maybe my mother would too. But no. Empty. This was just a, a little bit of a, an example to show of, of how these things happen. Seventh component of the abilities of the name James the son of Alphaeus as one who is clothed into the virtue of the throne and makes distinctive and unique the one who sits upon the throne is demonstrated in the, in the fear of the Lord. Malachi 3, 13 through 18. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said, it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed for the, those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Here it's talking about those who fear God or fear the Lord. This is the distinctive element also that differentiates the dove from others. Those who fear the Lord are people who are filled with the fear of the Lord, specifically been fear, filled with the fear of the Lord, will be the differentiating factor between her and those who have the look of godliness but have denied its power. That is in the fear of the Lord. What's interesting, being filled with the fear of the Lord in power and dynamic is is similar to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so being filled with the fear of the Lord is very, uh, very much in, like being filled with the Holy Spirit. These two are, are closely uh, similar to understand the fear of the Lord. And so often in Pentecostal churches, they don't really understand what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They think that if they start uh, speaking uh, in tongues really loud, uh, that that's what that is. But no, being filled with the Holy Spirit is being filled with the fear of the Lord. Being filled with the fear of the Lord, what does it mean? To be led by the fear of the Lord, be dependent upon the fear of the Lord, Tie yourself or bind yourself to the fear of the Lord. Act within the fear of the Lord. Live with the fear of the Lord. Rejoice or be joyful in the fear of the Lord. And worship in the fear of the Lord. 
and the scriptures say he will do it in the day uh, that the saints will worship the Lord in this way in spirit and in truth and the day that is referring to here is the day of the visitation of the Lord which is directly linked to the celebration of the righteous over the wicked or the unclean it'll be a celebration over Haman over our Haman and after he performs this victory he will then be victorious within over the wicked that are in the body in the church that is in Jesus Christ he cares for our physical body but also the body of Jesus Christ right now we are going to pray and ask everyone to this place who wants to shame Haman we want to understand one thing that Haman will never be nailed to the cross until we don't shame him first and to shame him is to come out to this place is to confess your sins is to repent of your sins is to confess the sins and leave them this is that time when Haman takes then the horse and leads it through the courtyard and so this is the place where the Lord wants to distinguish you from others let us pray we wait for you here at the altar I will be praying our prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side he's not against you he has loved you with his love he has given us the work of his redemption he has stood between us and our enemy to protect us and to lift us up to his level close your eyes this is your secret room 
hands lifted to God, this is a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you, and upon this holy place, in the church of your holy nation, I open up my heart so that you may see my pain, my suffering, my wounds inflicted by sin and lust, which I hate and that I reject. And I come to you with my dependence, with sin that I'm bound with, illnesses, fears, dishonor, and a pampered dignity. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, and protect me with the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord, the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May upon you the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills. May with noise the stronghold of death be thrusted out from your body and may the resurrection of Christ be enthroned in your body. May this be upon you and your children. Amen. And so before we proclaim our manifestation, I want to say that I spoke with our Pastor Akadi. He will soon uh, be giving us a new sermon. Of course, we would want to see him here physically, but he says that the door of my house is not closed. If anyone has a, uh, a desire, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, the glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.